Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode number 72, and this is part four of six in our special series about how to run your first 50K. And in this episode, the mobility episode, I get to geek out about all things mobility training and tell you why you should too. But before we dive in, I just want to say thanks to all of you guys that have reached out to tell me how much you're enjoying this series and actually just the podcast in general. Um, It totally makes my day when I get emails from you guys telling me that you're listening and that you're implementing and all of the positive changes that you've seen in your running as a result. So thank you for doing that. I'm happy to be making this podcast and sending it out to you guys. So Um, In this episode, this is going to be sort of like a crucial one for you guys, for those of you that want to level up in distance. I mean, we're specifically talking about the things that you need to hone in on in order to run your first 50K. But if you've been plagued by recurring injuries or you just want to sort of feel better on a daily basis, this episode, listen up. Put down whatever else you're doing and pay attention and or listen to this multiple times, okay? Because we're just going to sort of break down mobility, give you the skinny on like what it's all about. And I'm going to give you some tangible ways that you can start to uh, implement it on a really simple, easy daily basis, and then give you the sort of pathway for how it happens long-term, like how you keep doing this consistently. Okay. So in the last episode, the one where I talked about strength training, I touched on some of the foundational ideas for the body and movement training. So I'll try not to repeat myself too much. Um, but actually that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing because it's been my experience that you have to see or hear or read things at least, I don't know what the stat says, probably like seven to 10 times before it really sinks in. So a little bit of repetition here wouldn't necessarily be the bad thing. And I think that in terms of mobility, it's actually really important that you hear this stuff because there is a lot of misinformation out there about what actually mobility is, what constitutes mobility, how you should be doing it and all that jazz. Okay. So Let's just sort of kick things off with the definition of mobility training, okay? And that really comes down to, it's a system of training that applies scientific methods to the acquisition and maintenance of functional mobility, which basically means your articular strength, your joint strength, and neurological control, your articular resilience, the resilience of your joints, meaning increased load-bearing capacity, and articular health and longevity, right? So we want all of these things to happen as a result of our mobility training. We want more strength, more neurological control, increased ability to load up the tissue, the joints, and the muscles around it. And we want to do it in a way that keeps us healthy for the long term, okay? Now, The thing that I see the most, I think, is people confusing the terms flexibility and mobility, okay? So let's talk about the definition of these two. And I promise (laughs) this episode won't just be about definitions, but they're very, very important because they are often used interchangeably in the wrong way. So I don't want you to fall victim to this. I want you to really understand what's the difference between your flexibility and your mobility, okay? Flexibility is the ability to passively achieve a range of motion, usually through an external input. So what does that mean? I'm going to give you sort of like the sciencey talk, and then we'll sort of break it down. 
So flexibility, the ability to passively achieve a range of motion, usually through an external input. So that sort of means like if you are lying on your back with your one leg up straight and you have a strap looped around your foot, you might be flexible enough to pull that foot down closer to your face. So sort of like this, you know, hamstring stretching where you're laying on your back with the strap looped around your foot and you are actively through an external input, your hand on that strap, pulling your leg closer down. Okay. That's flexibility. Mobility is the ability to actively achieve a range of motion. And this is through a combination of flexibility, strength, and control. Okay. So take that same scenario, that same position, you're laying on your back with one leg stretched up towards the sky, but this time eliminate the strap. Mobility is whether or not you can achieve the same range of motion without the strap. Okay. So you're actively achieving that hamstring stretch by using your muscles through flexibility, strength, and control to put your leg into the same position. Okay. So what we want to do, and this is like the whole goal of mobility training is to take passive ranges of motion and make them active because here's why this is like, this is the whole reason why you guys, we get injured in the places that we don't train in. We get injured in the positions that we don't train in. Have you ever rolled your ankle? (laughs) Like if if you guys are trail runners, you've definitely rolled your ankle before. So if you've never done any sort of ankle work, if your foot is just always sort of locked in at 90 degrees and anytime there's any sort of rolling to the left and the right, that signals um, imbalance or danger to your brain, then you're more likely to get injured there. But if you have a mobility practice that actively seeks to take those passive ranges of motion, places that you don't explore often and make them active, places that you can own and control, then it's almost like you're bulletproofing yourself. Okay. Not literally, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Not talking about literal bulletproofing. We're talking about bulletproofing for the purposes of trail running. Okay. So that's really why this is all so important because you can be super bendy, flexible, or not, but let's just stick with super bendy flexible for a second. You can be super bendy flexible, but you're not very resilient and you don't have a lot of mobility. Like you could be forcing your body into these positions, but you don't own and control them. Here's another example to help illustrate what I'm trying to get across. Um, There are people that could potentially get themselves down into a split, but they couldn't get themselves out of it right? You probably know somebody like this, or you've gotten into a position yourself, maybe not necessarily a split, but a position that's kind of precarious for you. And you have had a hard time getting out of it. Okay. That would be a passive range of motion that you don't own and control. Okay. So just start thinking about that, like passive versus active. If I got into this position, whatever this position is, could I get myself out of it? without needing external assistance. So now that you guys sort of have that in mind, the definition of mobility, the whole goal, the reason why we're doing it, the difference between flexibility and mobility, let's talk about the next big one we see a lot, which is static stretching and dynamic stretching. So dynamic stretching is 
really just movement or light stretches that are held for a brief period of time. So if you are familiar with my shakedown, which all of you guys should be, side note, if you aren't doing a shakedown, I'm going to put the link to get the free shakedown in the show notes here, okay? Your homework immediately following this episode And I'll touch on this again, but your homework is to go and download that shakedown and start implementing it every single day, okay? A shakedown is a good example of dynamic stretching. We are moving, we're sort of exploring our ranges of motion, but we're not staying in any one fixed position for a long or prolonged period of time, okay? So this is something that you can do before a workout, right when you get up, sort of when you consider yourself, air quotes, cold, right? Fresh out of bed, fresh off of work, like if you sit at a desk all day and don't move around a lot, you know, you're just sort of cold. Your muscles don't get a lot of blood flow. You're not moving and grooving, okay? That's when dynamic stretching comes into play. Static stretching is a fixed position held for a longer period of time with the goal of sort of bypassing the stretch reflex. Now, that warrants a little discussion about stretch reflex. Your stretch reflex is this little thing inside your body, inside your muscles. It's basically a governor, right, in your central nervous system that regulates how far into or the depth of the stretch that you can get, okay? It it basically is your body's and brain's way of keeping you safe. So when you say you're just not flexible... Typically what's happening is your stretch reflex is kicking in and it's your brain keeping your body safe because what has happened is you've most likely not been experiencing that position or that stretch a lot in your life. And so your brain and your body knows like, hey, we don't go here often. So let's just, you know, limit this range of motion until such a time that you've proven that it's okay for us to be here. And so you can actually bypass your stretch reflex by doing some of the stuff that we're going to talk about. Static stretching, dynamic stretching, focus mobility practices. Like you can overcome, for example, not being able to touch your toes. Okay, so don't think that the flexibility that you seem to have been born with is necessarily what you're going to have for the rest of your life. You can dictate what you want simply by manipulating the body's position, the force, the stretching, all of these things. Okay, it's totally within your ability to switch those things up. Now, we talked about this the last time, but injury happens when the force is greater than your body's capacity to absorb the load, okay? And so I'm, I'm reiterating this because it's part of the conversation when it comes to mobility training. We get injured when we do something, we put ourselves in a position that puts us under load that we're not capable of absorbing. And so in order to create a more stronger, resilient, more bulletproof body, we need to expose ourselves to some of these weird, what we would might, we might think weird, funky positions, and then slowly increase the load so that the body understands, okay, yep, like this might be a weird position, but we're safe here. We're comfortable here. And we are actually able to get ourselves into and out of and generate force. Okay. So the way you get more flexible is by improving your range of motion. Um, and we do this through actual focused mobility training. Okay. So let's talk about why this training is important for runners. Now, 
We talked about the need to assess your prerequisites in the last episode, so I won't reiterate the whole thing here, but the same thing is true for mobility training. And the shakedown is the front line of how you do that, okay? You need to assess if you've got the prerequisites for running. We talked a little bit about that list of prerequisites in the last episode, so if you didn't listen to it, go check it out. Um, Running, in my opinion, is simultaneously a complex and very simple sport, right? All you need is just some shoes and some comfy clothes and you can head out the door and do this thing. But as you start to level up and want to do more and bigger and farther and harder things, then you're going to need to take your physical conditioning to the next level. And so every single level, you have to ask yourself if you possess the physical ability to do this thing. And if the answer is no, that's okay. You just have to put in the work to get there. And mobility training is a really great place to start because it then informs what you'll be able to do. Sort of, it's the center of everything. And then you sort of, that that ripple moves out through strength training and running and cross training and all these other things, okay? Because remember, injury happens when the load exceeds the capacity. So we always want to be opening up capacity and building and growing it, Okay. And this type of training will actually help mitigate injuries because again, if we are trying to make ourselves more resilient, then that actually decreases the likelihood that we're going to get injured. Now, can I predict, can I comfortably say that you will never trip and fall and get injured? No, but I'm talking about the annoying little stuff, like the rolling of the ankles, right? The tweaking of the knee, the back stuff, the hip and the glute things, like the more we take care of the sort of base level foundational stuff and we improve and we fortify our foundation, the less likely we are to have some of those weird, annoying things happen so that when we do trip and fall, yeah, maybe we do get injured, But two things, maybe it's not as severe as it would have been had we not been doing this training. And B, two, you'll recover faster, okay? I also think that mobility training is important for runners because it will help you to develop this sort of innate understanding of yourself and your body so that you know when it's safe to push it and do more and when you need to pull back and do less. And this is the very sort of nuanced, (laughs) artsy-fartsy side of coaching and training that can't just be delivered in a very simple way statement, right? I can't put it in a box and hand it over to you and have you just understand it. You have to practice this. And this is why I'm such a stickler for the shakedown, because when you do this practice daily, it will teach you about you, what moves, what doesn't, what is creaky, what clicks, (laughs) like there's all sorts of stuff that happens within the body. And if you don't know, then you're probably going to be surprised when it happens And you'll actually be sort of at a disadvantage because you had no knowledge that that was even a thing, that that was even a problem area for you, okay? So all in all, it basically just helps you to understand your physical capacity for work. All right, now that we've sort of covered the base foundational things, let's sort of talk about what does a solid mobility training plan for runners look like? Well, I have mentioned the shakedown many, many times. I'm going to continue (laughs) to talk about the shakedown. I will probably, on my headstone, (laughs) there will probably be something about she did her shakedowns daily, okay? (laughs) Like, 
that's, that's a thing. Okay. And I'm be, I would be totally fine with that because then I would know that I took care of myself on a daily basis. So in the early and beginning stages, if you are totally new to this type of thing, the best thing that you can do legitimately, now I'm, now I'm being serious. I'm not just poking fun at myself. Legitimately, the best thing that you can do is a shakedown daily. Okay. Remember what we talked about at the beginning, this wasn't just going to be about running. Like how can you feel better daily? This is it. Okay. The more movement variety that we bring to our lives, our lives in general, just set running aside right now, the more movement variability, the, the more, um, different positions, different rotations, different, I mean, literally everything that you can do, expose your body to the better off you will be, because that again is teaching your body that we don't just sit in a chair, drive a car, stand, lay down, you know, do all the normal sort of seated or standing things or horizontal things. Like we rotate, we squat, we lunge, we do all these other things. And if you're only getting those movements when you're running, the likelihood that you're going to get injured in those movements is higher. Okay. I hope, hopefully you guys sort of see where I'm going with this. Like we want to be expanding our movement variety. Okay. So in the early stages, daily shakedowns, I had a call with somebody the other day and we were talking about putting together his training plan. And he was like, well, where's the column for me to mark down that I did my daily shakedown? And I was like, that's a given. Like we don't even make, like I have a separate tracker actually that you guys can download for daily shakedowns if you like to sort of track those things on a daily basis. But when we write training plans, that's a given. Like you are at that point, you are legitimately doing your shakedown every damn day. Okay. As you progress, you'll continue to do the daily shakedown forever. And then you'll start to do some simple mobility practices that focus on your areas of weakness. Okay. And there isn't a specific path that is universal to everyone. And this is why the shakedown is so important because of all the different athletes that I work with, every single one of them has a different mobility plan and practices. They are doing different things and that will change over the course of time. And it will change on during the periodization of their training plan. Like they will just do different things based on what presents as sort of like a red flag at any given time. Okay. So all in all, basically mobility is a lifelong game. I'm sure you guys have heard me say and heard other people say when, uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. When you stop doing your mobility, you will also lose your mobility. So we want to keep opening. I think about it sometimes like the aperture on a camera, even though I am a horrible photographer, I just keep thinking about, we want to open the lens. Like when you open the lens on a camera, it brings in more light. Okay. And when you close the aperture down, you let in less light. So in this analogy, the lens is your movement. When we move more, we bring more movement in. We free up more degrees of motion, we uh, range of motion, we become more flexible, we become more mobile, we become more resilient. When we restrict our movement and we close it down, we become less mobile. We come, we become less flexible, less resilient. We feel, we don't feel as good on a day-to-day basis. Okay. You guys have probably experienced this. If you've ever been sick, sort of like on bed rest for a while, or if you just even lay around on the couch on a Saturday, and then when you get up, you're like, Oh man, (laughs) like, Oh, I feel terrible. I'm so stiff and sore and tired. Like 
Movement actually gives you more energy, but that's a separate topic for a separate conversation. (laughs) All right. So continue with your daily shakedowns and then really get focused on what areas need the most attention. Okay. I think the next part that I want to talk about is if you go through your shakedown and realize that you've got something that's not functioning, functioning optimally, what do you do? Like how, okay, great, Megan. I did the shakedown. I noticed that my right shoulder doesn't have the same degrees of freedom as my left. What do I do? First and foremost, I just want to put this caveat in here. I didn't say it before, but when you download the shakedown, you'll hear me talk about this too, but we always want to be doing our greatest pain-free range of motion. So this isn't a scenario where we want to just push through pain in order to free up ranges of motion. That actually has the opposite effect within the body. So if you keep pushing through pain and trying to force things to happen, the body is actually, remember that stretch reflex, a different mechanism in the body is going to go, oh, hell no. Like it's not going to work to your advantage. Okay. So pain-free, greatest pain-free range of motion. So if you have been doing your greatest pain-free range of motion, then we skip to the step of coming up with a plan to work on increasing range control and force. If you have what I would sort of call like a pinch point, something where you're, you're not able to get a a greater, a great range of motion without having a pinch point, then you need to be seen, right? You either need to be seen by a PT, an ortho, somebody who has experience manipulating joints in that fashion to sort of do a movement assessment on you and figure out what's going on. Okay. So just to sum that up, if you don't have pain, then you're good to go and we can start exploring putting together a mobility program that helps to expand the range of motion that you own and control, that you can generate some force and that will help to make you more resilient. If you've got pain somewhere along that continuum within that joint, then you need to get it looked at, okay? We're not trying to push through pain. We're not trying to grit it out and be tough. Like we, these things need to be seen and taken care of because that's the only way that they're gonna get better, okay? So really what I want you guys to get from all of this is that your body is the hardware, right? Your body, how it moves, it is the foundation and the fundamental aspect of running. All the gear and the shoes and the tech and all of that stuff, that's the software, right? That's the stuff that can sort of be swapped out. It's sort of superficial for the purposes of this discussion, even though some of that stuff is obviously very important. Your body, your hardware, what you're working with is the most important part of this whole thing, okay? And that is why mobility should be such an important part of your routine. Now, The example I like to give for this is gait analysis. Okay, how many of you guys out there have had a gait analysis done? Now, I have a little pet peeve with gait analysis and sometimes with some people that do this because it's only really truly done in a lab setting by a professional, right? When they can video you from the front, the back, the side, they put the little nodes on you and they can actually... analyze how you're moving. So any running store that sort of tells you that they want to do a gait analysis is honestly just looking at you from the ankles down, which is such a limited view of the bigger picture. So I will actually often ask clients to send me a video from them running of them running so that I can just see how they move on the global scale, 
right? I'm looking from head to toe. I never call this a gait analysis because legitimately that's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is looking at them run to sort of assess how their body moves, what's working well and has fluid type of movement and what's not moving well, what's sort of limited or stunted or kind of moves funky. Like if somebody has a leg swing, like egg beater type of a thing going on, like we can sort of work with that, but it's not a gait analysis. So if somebody talks you into a gait analysis and then just gives you a bunch of exercises to do without running you through a full body movement assessment, those exercises, I'm not going to lie to you. They're not going to be worth your time really, because your objective as a runner doing mobility training is to improve your hardware, what you're working with, your body and all the joints and the muscles from the ground up. Meaning at the, I mean, I don't necessarily, I don't just mean from the feet up to the head. When I say ground up, I mean from the capsular level at your joints all the way out to the superficial level of your skin. Okay. So We have to sort of think about this as like we're stripping everything away, all the fancy flashy stuff, and we're drilling down to what do your joints do? Because that's the foundation for everything that gets laid on top of it. So if you have a shitty hip like me, okay, and you just start to layer on strength training or some random, um, you know, gait exercises, without ever actually having a legitimate gait analysis, all you're doing is putting lipstick on a pig. And I feel very comfortable saying that as somebody who suffered for a long time under the delusion that the things that I was doing was helping. And actually the things that I was doing was making it worse. And I had to learn that the hard way when I ended up on my living room floor, unable to get up in my sports bra, waiting for some dude I didn't know to come over and pick me up off the floor. True story. Go back to episode one. Now, this is what I want you guys to understand about mobility training. It's literally the foundation for everything. Okay. I'm placing a lot of importance on it because it truly is important. And every single person that I have worked with that has started to adopt, even just the shakedown, it's changed their life. Okay. Let's, we won't even dive into the people that have started to really dig into specific joints and work on specific things. Like even just the shakedown, introducing more movement variety is fundamentally life-changing. So if you're not doing it, why not? (laughs) Okay. Go into the show notes and get the free shakedown that I'm going to put in there. So before we wrap things up, I wanted to just sort of give you a punch list here of the places and the things that I think you should spend some time on if you're sort of overwhelmed by this whole idea of doing the shakedown and analyzing your body and figuring out what needs work and what doesn't need work, okay? Because I know it can be overwhelming. (laughs) I know. So you're going to start by doing your daily shakedown. And then if you don't find anything glaring that needs work, then here are some things that I would focus on. I would really focus on your spinal mobility, getting it to move, to bend, um, to to flex and extend, to rotate, and to laterally flex. So to going from side to side. Okay. I would focus on your hips, obviously, and trying to improve your hip range of motion. So flexion, extension, internal and external rotation, the whole nine yards. Okay. Thinking about, I use this analogy actually a lot when I teach classes, um, in person, 
hopefully you guys, this resonates with you, but if you've ever baked a cake or cookies or brownies or whatever, and you have a big bowl that you are putting all of the batter in, that is your hip socket. Okay, so that's your pelvis and your hip socket. That's the bowl. Your femur, the head of your thigh bone that fits in that socket, I want you to think about it as a rubber spatula. And when you're working on hip mobility, your goal is to take that rubber spatula and go all around the edges of the bowl. Okay, so you might do, be doing some hip mobility stuff and think, oh yeah, I'm totally going all the way around the edge of the bowl. But I guarantee you there's a little bit more that you could eke out, particularly in the internal rotation and the external rotation. All right. So just be thinking about that as you're going. So spine, hips, knees. Hmm? Do you guys know that knees rotate? <laughs> And we can rotate them and we should rotate them and they can rotate on purpose. We only really talk about flexion and extension with knees, but they can rotate. Oftentimes when they do, it's unwanted because we've never exposed them to that before. And that's how we get injured. So just think about that. And then obviously the last place would be ankles. So spine, hips, knees and ankles. So some of the biggest joints, we could definitely throw shoulders in there, but you know, shoulders, there's, they're important, but not as important as the other ones. The spinal column is what everything branches off of. You need to drive with the hips and the knees and the ankles are your shock absorbers. Okay. So those are the places that I would spend a lot of time and give a lot of attention to if you're sort of flummoxed as to where to start with your mobility training. Whew. Okay. That's a lot. That is a lot of information to process. It's a lot to digest. You have some homework. First and foremost, get the shakedown. Second of all, start to build up that picture in your own body of what moves and what doesn't. Um, if you've got questions about any of this, you guys know where to find me. Okay. If you haven't already, uh, a couple weeks ago, I gave away the first 10 weeks of my 50 K training plan. I'll put the link for that down below as well, but you just go to my website, megan schoolcom forward slash 10 week plan. And you can snag the first 10 weeks of my 50 K training plan. And in the plan, it will actually tell you what days to do what mobility. So again, if you're sort of, like I said, flummoxed. I don't think I've ever used that word twice in one day, let alone twice in one podcast. But if you don't know where to start, this will help to detail out and keep you accountable to making sure that you're hitting all of the different body parts. Okay. So go grab that Megan Dash Gould forward slash 10, the number 10 week plan. Okay. So next week, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is mindset. It's one of my favorite modules to geek out over in Run Your First 50K, which coincidentally starts on Monday. Applications are closed. I am currently finalizing the group. We have such a kick-ass group of women that are going to do it this round. I'm super pumped. Um, you'll hear more about them as we sort of go through the program. I'll share tidbits um, on my social media. And if you're on my email list, you'll hear sort of about what we're going to do. But mindset is such a big one. I was actually just having a conversation with one of the women who's going to do the group. And she had been working with another coach and part of the discussion that she had with this coach was, you know, sort of around the mindset stuff. And she's got some nerves about doing her first 50K. And she expressed those nerves to her coach. And he was like, you'll be fine. And that was the end of the discussion. And she and I sort of had a laugh about it saying like, it's mm, not really the end of the discussion. That shouldn't be the end of the discussion. Because if you're going 
farther, if you're doing your first 50K, if you're doing a race that is new to you in any way, you're going to have some um, imposter syndrome. You're going to be doubting yourself. You're going to be worried and you're going to have some nerves. And to just have your coach say, you'll be fine, doesn't really do the trick. So you really need to be equipped with some of the tips and tricks that I'm going to share in this next episode about how to manage your mind. And that will start to open you up to being more, oh gosh, how do I want to put this? Well, first and foremost, you're going to be more self-confident. Um, you won't be so worried about all the little things. You'll sort of have perspective and you'll understand where the things that you're worried about fit in the grand picture of things. And you'll understand how to break them down and work through them so that they aren't these big, huge, um, scary monsters and that you can sort of pack them away in your back pocket and feel really confident about your ability to crush your next race. Okay. So I love geeking out over mindset too. I mean, all these things, I'm like kind of obsessed with all these things, which I guess is the whole reason why I'm a coach and why I run this program. So, (laughs) um, that's all for this episode. You guys enjoy this beat and I will see you all soon. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh,